trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is the other faithful host, Rich McCann How are you Rich? Doing actually really good. Um, outside of that, work was a little rough today. As some of our fans know, I'm a pretty avid League of Legends fan, and the professional scene started today back up for its 2015 season, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, fantastic. Fant- I know almost nothing about League of Legends, as longtime listeners will know, so that sounds great. Uh, it I mean, reminds... It, it wastes a lot of my weekends. Oh, well, that's that's a good oh, way. My it, wife said it's a waste. All I was right. going to say, if you're having fun, is it really a waste? But it reminds me, I had a friend uh, invite me to a Super Bowl party, and it was good that he did because I forgot that the Super Bowl was happening. So I, I guess I feel kind of the same way about League of Legends. I know it's a thing that goes on and that lots of people enjoy it, but I, I kind well, of... Well, two, we- two weeks, two weekends from now... I'll be having League of Legends going, and along and on, I'm going to try to get that on my big screen TV. And alongside of that, I'm going to have the Modern Pro Tour because this Modern Pro Tour is going to be beyond interesting clues. Oh, it is. It is. Look, before before we get to that though, because I, I know we have to at least mention that uh, we should probably mention a couple of other voices that are joining us here tonight. So, fans of some great podcasts. There's no other voices. I think you're, I think you're losing it. Wait, I hear, I hear voices. You don't? No. You don't, you don't hear the voices? I don't hear a thing. Crap. So you didn't hear that? Nope. No. Wow. I feel very, I'm I'm channeling Sarkin Vol here because I'm, I'm pretty sure you're gonna, you're gonna think this is crazy, Rich, but I have the voice of Mike from the mana pool in my head. I do think that's crazy. Huh. It's it's a good voice though. I mean, he's pretty knowledgeable. So, uh I don't know if the listeners can hear him, but let's assume that they can and we'll just we'll just roll with it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> that was a very generous introduction. Um I'm kind of so-so on my voice sometimes myself. But uh yes, I'm Mike from the Manapool and uh oh crap, when I'm out of my element, I don't have anything. You're the you're the lore guy and the games rule right. guy. And- yeah, the rules guy and the game lore guy. You have such a radio voice, Mike. I don't know what you're talking he about. He really does. I I wish I had Mike's voice, but I don't know. Sometimes it sounds kind of weird and gravelly to me, and I don't know what to think. But that's that's the radio voice. That's where the little rough gravelly. That's where it comes. That's where you. That's the, your distinction. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I'll I'll take that as compliments. I mean, the only way I sound tolerable at all is I have a really good microphone. That's it. Let's be real clues. I don't think you ever sound tolerable. Oh, jeez. You know I control the editing, right? <laughs> I was actually thinking earlier, so I like, can, wow, Clue sounds really smooth. I can I make like you sound terrible, Rich. I'm just saying, it's not really a threat, it's just a statement of fact. Speaking of facts... Aren't those the best threats, though, Clues? Oh, man. Really you know, thought you were going to go with speaking of terrible. No, not at all. <laughs> we have an additional speaking voice. Speaking of terrible. It is a bonus, <laughs> bonus episode. We have uh, Mr. CJ Schrader from JudgeCast with us tonight. Okay. So I'm betting if you're out there thinking to yourself, boy, there's an episode of Card Advantage, and they've got on Mike from the Mana Pool, and they've got on CJ from JudgeCast. What could they possibly be talking about? The answer, of course, is uh, the banned and restricted list and uh, the cards that got banned in Modern and the Modern metagame. Actually, we're just going to talk about that for a couple of minutes. No, this is Return of FlavorCast. We are back. Yay! Flavor Yay. things. But before I we thought do, we were going to talk about exemplar foils. 
<laughs> hey, uh, mine, mine arrived. Uh, so I, I didn't get any. <laughs> well, we gotta make you a judge. <laughs> you know, you are the games rule, rules guy, so I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I actually got, uh, deputized at the pre-release over the weekend, so maybe I need to start doing that for FNM too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Actually, at our pre-release, I had to deputize one of our legacy players because we fired Sunday Legacy in in the middle, well, right in between the morning pre-release and the afternoon two-headed giant pre-release. And trying to end one and start the other, I just didn't really have time to actually run Legacy, so uh, I, I handed it off to one of the Legacy players. But anyway, uh, before we dig into our topic, because we have a very meaty topic tonight, I do want to get a quick impression from you guys about uh, the, the band list that just happened. I'm sure you have feelings. Or well, I am blown. Like some of the stuff, like Treasure Cruise, whatever. Um, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I don't think it needed to be banned. It did. But it is what it is. I mean, it's real cheap card draws. Not They don't want things to be that efficient in modern. I know that. Um, look through, t- is it look through time? Dig through time. Dig through time. I think that was really premature. Um, I don't, I think no one really abused that like they did Treasure Cruise. Uh, well, but their logic here was if we ban, uh, Treasure Cruise and don't ban Dig Through Time, then three months from now, we're just gonna have to ban Dig Through Time, so let's just get it over with. Yeah, but I, I think that's an over-assumption that they shouldn't make, they should wait for statistics to prove that. No, oh, no, but, no, no, no. Yeah. No. We don't wait for statistics on anything. Come on. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also on the edge there for Dig Through Time, because Though there are some decks that can just pick up Dig Through Time and be okay, there are several where the two blue mana makes it, you know, not worth trying to fit in there after losing Treasure Cruise. It can't serve the it can't serve the same function and it won't. Yeah, exactly. Um, the third ban blew my freaking mind. Mm. Oh, you mean how they unbanned that dragon in Legacy? Nope. Huh. Who did they unban in Legacy? I I don't know some dragon World Gorger Dragon I think is its name. Okay, uh, it was a yes. card that I had never heard of because it's been banned the entire time I've been playing. <laughs> I know really? when Chewie told me you you didn't know what World Gorger Dragon was, I started to feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that does. That's the red dragon that when he enters the play, he, you remove all your stuff, right? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's combos with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know him because of Infinite Combos yeah. 3DH. Right. Uh, but of course you're you're talking about uh, uh, Pod. Pod was banned. I'm I'm so floored. I get it, but I'm floored. Never right. thought I'd see the day. Well, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, I almost had the same uh, thing that I felt when um, Jace the Mind Sculptor got banned in Standard so long ago. It was just like I knew it was super powerful and I knew it could be oppressive, but for some reason I had just kind of shut out of my mind the truth that it has that special insidious quality that so many two that so many two powerful cards have well, i want my real big thoughts on pod is did they ban it because of its power or did they ban it because i mean if we look at most modern tournaments and let's say the last modern pro tour mm-hmm. they're not all the same decks but at least 60% of the fields probably has pod in their deck yeah, and, yeah, you have the, you have the Malira pod combo, you have Kiki pod, and then you have the other like just value pods. So I'm just wondering if it was banned more of to open up the field versus everyone just plays pod. Because if you have a creature deck, you might as well be playing pod. And if you're not, why aren't you playing pod? Because pods is going to do your deck but better. Yeah, I think that's totally why they banned it is to try and uh, diversify the field. 
Because I, I also don't think it's it's power. Because it's a powerful card. There's no doubt on its power. It's not ban-worthy power. Because it's still restricted. It's still easily de- dealt with. I mean, you can m- mess with a pod strategy fairly easily. So, I don't know. What do you think, CJ? You're the judge. You have to judge potty stuff. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I was going to say, what you don't understand is CJ doesn't really play all that much, so... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy pod's gone because their decks are much more difficult to check. Oh, because they're uh, so Oh, many God, yeah, they're horrible to check. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that. about all I care about, the bannings and unbannings. Um, nothing well, else really matters much. If Wizards, is their plan comes to fruition, they did ban pod to open up the field. That's why I'm so excited to see this Pro Tour is, this is modern without pod. And I don't know the exact statistics of the last Pro Tour. I'm gonna, like I say, 60%, that might be over-assumption, but that's got to be a fairly generous mean. Yeah, it's really um, high for creature decks, yeah. And Pod, Pod especially is, is one of those decks that highly rewards uh, a high skill level. Yeah, from the it does. And it's it enables so much consistency in a deck mm-hmm. to get all your things all the time, the right things, because there's so much selection, and that's gone. And uh, I'm really interested to see how modern goes from there at this pro level of no pod because like I'm trying to think of like LSV and like um, Paolo, both of them were very played a lot, a lot of pod in modern. That was like their go-to deck for modern was pod after junk was nerfed heavily. So I'm really interested to see what happens. I, I forget who it was, but somebody on Twitter had posted a picture of their deck, and they said, "This is this is my build for the post-ban red burn deck." And I'm pretty sure it was identical to the pre-ban red burn deck. And uh, I wanted to just give them a big high five. That red red decks, I love deck checking red decks because it's like oh, yeah. 18 mountains and four ofs, everything else. And it's like, yep, we're done. Take them back. There was also an unbanning in modern. Golgari Grave Trolls unbanned. Yeah, but I mean... Well, it has zero impact, because without Dread Return, I don't think Dredge can ever be a thing in Modern. And without, um, I think, why am I blanking, uh, the Deathrite Shaman would be very helpful for Dredge as well. Because you can't have the same Dredge that's in um, Legacy, clearly, because they don't have the manaless rocks that enable them to do their deck. Yeah. Mean, but you know that we still have the Narc Amoebas and stuff, but we, they need the Dread Return, and the Golgari Grave Troll is just not enough to make Dredge a thing. So I think they unbanned it because there's no point of having this on the ban list. All, all right, and I, I, I gotta, I gotta pull the plug on this discussion though, because this is totally not what this episode is about. We've already gone on for like ten minutes. Okay, that's that's it. We're, we're putting that aside. We will. Re- ah, I got the swear, final word. We will revisit modern soon. Uh, well, since of course the, the Pro Tour is in two weeks, so we got next week to do that. Yeah, well, it depends on who we can get. We'll we'll see who can. No promises, no promises. But tonight, tonight you don't we want to guess. I can blindly talk about an informant I don't know very much about. Yeah, no, don't 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 tell them that we don't know about it. They, they, how they know? Oh man, they've always known clues. Now, I, I'm an honest person. I don't lie to our listeners, except all the time. Right, just just all the time. So tonight, uh, you know, last week we talked about dragons. And yeah, dragons, dragons throughout the history of magic. And it was fun. I, I love dragons. Dragons are iconic. Uh, but you know, there's one dragon who, uh, you just can't escape, who is just woven through the fabric of most of magic's history, and who's kind of important to the storyline elements that are going on right now. So we thought tonight, we would, uh, delve into the past. Ah, <laughs> uh, delve into the past the of uh, our good friend, your buddy, my buddy, Nicol Bolas. 
Let's be honest. No one's Nicol Bolas' buddy. Uh, no, I don't even think that Nicol Bolas is Nicol Bolas' buddy. No, I think he hates himself, looks in the mirror, and just breaks it. I, I, have you Actually, ever seen him in, um, in the mirror? In Test of Metal, he did make a clone of himself, and he just and then he just abused the clone for information, and the clone yeah. didn't even know it was a clone. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the reason. By the way, folks, <laughs> this is a good time to mention there are going to be spoilers all over this episode. So if uh, you haven't <laughs> read some of these, that was, uh, that, that was totally <laughs> one. Absolutely. Why does he make a clone of himself for information? If it's a clone, wouldn't he already know the information? No, he made the clone so that Tezzeret could defeat the clone, and then Tezzeret, being a villain, would give away his master plan to the clone, um, because Tezzeret could never beat Nicole Bolas himself. And then Nicole Bolas flashed in, and he's like, ha-ha, now I know everything the clone the clone just learned, so now I know Tezzeret's plan. S- stupid villains and their stupid <laughs> monologuing. I know. <laughs> Come on, Tezzeret, you're better than this. Get you every time, but yeah, what it really was great. So uh, that was what Agents of Artifice is that the the book we're talking about? I thought about that was here? Test and Metal, but I no, no, no. I think you're right. I think it is Test and Metal. Uh, but yeah, you go through the whole book thinking that that's Nicol Bolas the whole time, yeah. and then at the very end, just as he's being defeated, it's like, hey, wait a minute, that's totally a clone, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> Nicol Bolas, you got me. Anyway, anyway, so. Uh, before we talk about the more recent Nicol Bolas, why don't we, why don't we dig back into the history of Bolas? And in preparation for this show, I started digging through cards, cause you know, uh, not all of the lore happens in the books that these, by the way, listeners, they used to write books. A lot of them were pretty bad. These days they write short stories on the Magic website, which they're if you can find better. them, they're good. But uh, finding them can be – let's just say we've added the challenge of the Magic website itself. You know, it's like one of those uh, one of those activities you do at a pre-release to, to get something. You've Instead of running the maze or uh, opening up Ugin's cocoon, instead you're navigating the Magic website. So I went and I looked at cards that involve Nicol Bolas. And maybe you guys can find better searches, but there are, of course, two cards that are Nicol Bolas. There's the original Nicol Bolas back from Legends, and there's Nicol Bolas Planeswalker from Conflux originally. There are four other cards that have Bolas in the name, and there are only nine cards that have Bolas mentioned directly in the flavor text. Now, there might be other flavor text that alludes to Bolas without calling him out by name, but that's a really hard thing to search for, so... From a card standpoint, we're only looking at, what, 15 cards? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think Tezzeret's Gambit, Tezzeret's quote from Tezzeret, and he references Bolas without saying his name. Yeah, and you don't learn until later that the shadowy figure in the art for uh, Cruel Ultimatum is Bolas. Oh, right, 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 right. But never mind, it's not It's not Tezzeret's Gambit, because that actually doesn't have flavor text. But there's a Tezzer, there's a car with Tezzeret on it that I think he makes a reference to the dragon. Yep, that is totally, totally Nicol Bolas on Cruel Ultimatum. Well, that sounds like something he would do, being oh, a jerk. Oh, well, and looking at, you know, his alt. But, uh, let's, let's, let's ask the following. What do we know about Nicol Bolas's distant past? Now, He's an a-hole. Always has been. Always <laughs> no, will that's, be. That's, that's just Nicol Bolas. <laughs> you said past. He was an a-hole in the past. Well, yeah, but he's, that implies that he's not still, you know, no, a jerk. Is. But yeah, he's um, well. Jerk. He's an elder dragon, right? 
Right. So he is totally an elder dragon of of the original elder dragon Highlander rules. So long ago, if you were learning how to play EDH, you might have had Nicol Bolas as uh, as your general and might have thought to yourself, you know, that dragon likes books. He really, and, really likes books. And looks nothing like he looks today. Uh, no, not. I don't know bit. why they. I don't. I don't. I sometimes feel like they just rolled a die and picked an elder dragon, and Nicole Bolas was the one that came out. Well, and he did an evil one. He's the most evil. Yeah, I think it might have been color-wise. It, it, colors might have led them there. Yeah. Right, because if know. you want to talk evil, uh, you take good good colors like black and red, and you add blue, and it turns evil. Pretty sure it's just as evil without it, without blue. I don't know. Black and red, that seems like a perfect... Come on. Well, yeah, not... blue. Blue adds the in- the intent. Like, yes. The the you know better and you're still doing it. Because <laughs> you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Red, red black is just running around stabbing people. Yeah, they're, they're doing it for fun. Yeah. Blue yeah. is stabbing the right people. Yes, that's actually a good explanation. Blue is stabbing the right person. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the original Nicol Bolas, <clears throat> he was a legendary dragon. He was an elder dragon, uh, the most powerful of the elder dragons uh, from a lore standpoint. I don't really know about the cards. I haven't ever. Um, I still think he's the, one of the better of the cards by he far. He has the most powerful effect. Yeah, you put yeah. a flame whip on him. Call it a day. Oh yeah, Is yeah. Because <laughs> uh, well, I again never really. Should have. I, I did crack one in a time spiral pack. I was very, very excited about that. So, uh, one of the few time spiral packs I've ever opened. Uh, but anyway, the original Nicol Bolas uh, cost eight mana. It was two blue, blue, black, black, red, red. So a heavy mana investment for a seven, seven legendary creature, elder dragon with flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Nicol Bolas unless you play pay blue, black, red. So he's got a, a constant upkeep cost. And whenever Nicol Bolas deals damage to an opponent, that player discards his or her hand because Nicol Bolas is a jerk. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at all the Elder Dragons, and he is by far the most powerful. Like, yeah, it's not the, even, the trample it's not on even close. Moors is, the Trample on Palladium Moors is nice, but no, Nicol Bolas, so totally worth it. So. Yeah. Yes. And even even the Fire Breathing for um, Vavictus is pretty sweet, but still. I mean, fire Breathing in all colors. Mm-hmm. That you have, but yeah, I mean, it definitely is better than Rampage Two and then um, Toughness Breathing. Well, should we call it Butt Breathing? <laughs> butt, butt Breathing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my understanding from the lore is that sometime in Dominaria's distant past, there was a dragon war. Yeah. And uh, the dragons fought for reasons that I don't know, other than they're dragons and it's what they do. Uh, Bowles was probably a dick to them all. Well, yes, but he was also the victor, as I understand it. He's the one who came out on top. And uh, as as we mentioned last time around, uh, where all of the worms come from, the losers in the dragons war, dragon wars, uh, had their wings ripped off, and they became they became worms. So that sounds like Nicol Bolas right there. It really yeah. does. Now that you mention it. Oh, you lost. Well, let's add to that. Let's rip your wings off. Yeah. Not only did you lose, lose, you're screwed. So there you go. Uh, then, uh, as I understand it, during the Dragon Wars, Nicol Bolas's Planeswalker Spark ignited, and uh, that's when he got to be a jerk across the entire multiverse. Now, do, do do any of you know where any of that actually occurs in lore? Is it in a book somewhere, or were the Dragon Wars just a thing that people allude to? Uh, I, I believe it's a comic book. 
Uh, oh, that's probably right. Yeah. Well, because if it was a book, I would have read it. Okay. So, so I mean, with I mean, I guess because I know he was pre mending planeswalker. So did that? Did they also have like sparks ignite for them like that? Because I thought that yep. was very much the new the post mending. That's okay. one of the few things they didn't change about Planeswalkers. It's it's basically always the same. Um, you have the spark and something traumatic has to happen. And, and you become uh, a god. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so you like... could die with the spark if you, you know, if you had like a happy life, you got married, you just got old and died. You could just <laughs> die with the spark and, and you never know. Dude, someone just ran over your dog, but you're now a god. So, yeah. you know, things are looking up. Right, or you could be a goblin who had his legs blown off and become a planeswalker. That, that'll work too. Yeah. Sorry, I just like goblins. Anyway, so, <clears throat> now we have Nicol Bolas, uh, the planeswalker, and so, we don't really pick up anything of his story until, I believe, the books for Legends, I think. No, we know, we know some things. Okay, what do we know? I mean, we know some things from Time Spiral, uh, but it's cause he was, him talking about his own past, so, like thousands of years after that crap, but still well before, you know, the Brothers War or anything like that. Um, we know he fought what has only been called a demonic leviathan, and uh, that's considered the first Planeswalker's duel to ever happen. Hmm. And that happened on Dominaria. And according to this wiki, it, it lasted a month. <laughs> and then and then uh, Nicol Bolas ate the leviathan, and it made him even stronger. Huh. So what you're telling me is the first one to get the bright idea that if you eat your enemy, you absorb their strength was Nicol Bolas. Sure. I don't think anyone else has tried it. I don't think Garrick's going around. <laughs> um, Yet. Yes. Yes. Yet. I mean. He, he'll behead, I think, but I don't think he eats. I'm just saying, he, when he pinned down Liliana, he looked pretty hungry. <laughs> the, uh, the, the new evil Garrick, he might actually do that. Just eat people. I'd actually be surprised to hear that he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Well, we'll we'll cover that on a Garrick episode of Flavorcast. So, okay, so Nicol Bolas defeats a, dem- a, a demonic leviathan. Really? Do we know anything that's, else about the demonic leviathan? That's it. Just it was a demonic leviathan. It was also a planeswalker, obviously. Huh. Um, but that's all we know about it. Oh, was it was it an Eldrazi? No. Hmm. It's a literal uh, demonic uh, leviathan. Eldrazi aren't planeswalkers clues. No, but they can yeah. move between planes. Right, but they also didn't have form until they got to Zendikar where Ugin and Co. gave them form. Alright, well hey, I think we're I think we're getting ahead of ourselves though with I'm j- uh just the, saying the, the, the tie in to Zendikar, but okay, so now Nicol Bolas is uh a very he's very full. And, uh, is wandering around the multiverse. Do we, wh- when do we next pick him up storyline wise? Now we're in Legends. Okay, so now, now we're into Legends. And I have not read the Legends books. So Legends books are the only novels I haven't read. They are my, my kryptonite. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I only own one of them. I've never been able to get the other ones. They're so Interesting. It is interesting. Uh, reading, I, I read a synopsis of the uh, the, the Legends books because again, I I have not read them. Yeah. Where exactly are they set? Uh, also Dominaria. Okay. In fact, because... they're in the same place where that Planeswalker fight happened, just much much later. Okay. Uh, because th- there are a couple of characters who are mentioned in it that I thought were from Kamigawa. Oh well, let me tell you a little something. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of Kamigawa, um. 
I don't remember exactly what happened, but the, uh, what is it, Myojin of Knights something, uh, she was very upset with a young, um, what's his name, something Umazawa, and she's like, I'm mad at you, and she sent him off to a different plane, uh, and she sent him to Dominaria, and that's where he started the Umazawa line on Dominaria, which eventually led to, uh, stuff we're about to talk about. So, Kamigawa, that block takes place way before almost anything that, ha- it takes place before Legends. I see. Okay, that that explains a number of things because I thought that yeah. that the the Umezawa setting was much later, and so I was very confused that these were the Legends books, but they 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 involved Umezawa. Yeah, it's um, a real odd uh, little tie-in they decided to throw in there because you know Tetsuo Umezawa is just like what a random card in Legends. Yeah. And they did, decided to make you know Kamigawa about him in a way. You know, I get the I get the feeling that was that was a retcon. Like after they. After they created, uh, Toshiro, someone, you know, some jackass out there made the connection. Hey, is this, is he related to Tetsuo Mizawa? Oh, sure. like, yeah. Um, oh, crap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think, you think they even went so far as to name him Toshiro Umazawa and then, and then someone was like, wait, is this related? That'd be funny. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it happened exactly like that. And then they made the GTA. But anyway, okay. This some someday we should do a Kamizawa Kamigawa episode because sure. I don't know anything that went on during Kamigawa other than legends, lots and of lots legends. of legends and spirits and a bunch of stuff that went over everybody's head. So <clears throat> so during Legends, as I understand it, uh, the the entire like first book of the Legends series, uh, which is that one, uh, Assassin's Blade or is that Emperor? Wait, which one is that? I don't know. Okay, well, I've got them in order in the show notes. Oh, Assassin's Blade. Then. Yes, okay, so Assassin's Blade is the first one. So during all of that, there's an emperor, this shadowy emperor who's, like, manipulating things. And we don't find out until, I think, the second book that that shadowy emperor is actually Nicol Bolas. It always is. Yeah, it's pretty much any time the Scooby gang pulls the mask off of somebody, <laughs> it's totally Nicol Bolas. It is. That's the truth. So... Yeah, so, uh, crazy things and shenanigans go on, uh, during this, but I, I think the important bit comes at the end, uh, when, uh, for reasons I don't know, and again, I was hoping one of you guys had read these books so that you could fill in these, uh, these, these missing pieces, but sadly no. Hey, I was up front before the episode. <laughs> I, I said, this is my weak spot, is Legends. <laughs> okay, so, at some point during, uh, Legends, uh, there's, there's, uh, a fight that occurs in, uh, what's now known as, as Bolus's meditation plane, but at the time it was just known as the, the meditation plane. Uh, and this was like a pocket dimension that was attached to Dominaria at the time. Uh, no, it's its own separate plane. Like, well, yeah, but, has traveled there. Yeah, but it was anchored to, uh, Dominaria in some way because they destroyed some shrine that severed that connection. Oh, no. Um, no? No, uh, Nicol Bolas is anchored to Dominaria during this point. This is, uh, no, this is pre the Shard. This is pre the um, Silex Blast and Ice so, Age. So the that. so the Talon Gates weren't a permanent portal to the Meditation Realm. I wouldn't be able to answer that. I don't know. I don't okay. think so. Because that was the impression well, that I got. But again, I, I yeah, you're right. I mean, somehow Tetsuo Tetsuo Can somehow I, uh... Tetsuo got to the uh, Meditation Plane. I don't know. Because he's not a planeswalker, so I don't know how he got there. At any rate, a, a fight happens uh, involving <laughs> uh, Umizawa 
Tetsuo Umizawa and uh Nicol Bolas and I think a bunch of other people. I I don't actually know how many people were involved in this fight, but the end result is that uh Nicol Bolas actually gets his butt whooped. Yeah. So his body is in one place, his spirit is in another place. I believe his spirit was in the meditation realm and uh and somehow Tetsuo was able to basically blow up his body. Yeah, so it turns out you can or well, you could at one time beat Nicol Bolas, and uh, this was, let's say, time number one that we know of that uh, Nicol Bolas got got a drubbing. Yeah, and he actually disappears for a long time after this point. Yeah, and he doesn't come back until what uh, the events of uh, Future Sight. Yeah, Time Spiral. Yeah. Okay, but you have read the Time Spiral books, so you can pick Absolutely. things up there. Okay, so when do we see him again? So he, jeez. I remember when he showed up, I was like, why is this guy even here? Like when I was reading the Time Spiral books, because he had never been a big deal before this point. He had never, uh, now maybe if I'd read the Legends books, it, it would have made more sense to me at that time. Um, but more or less, he kind of just shows up and, uh, tricks, I believe, Vincer? Yeah. Into yes. actually making him a person, uh, a real dragon again. Um, he does some weirdness with Vincer. I don't remember. It's, it's been a while, but, he, he, he's able to become a real person. He was just kind of existing as a sort of spirit, a spirit dragon, perhaps, hmm. for a while. Um, this doesn't make sense. You know, I hate to do this now, <laughs> but this doesn't make sense because he fought Ugin 1,280 years ago. That, he had to have been a real person then. This whole thing, this whole thing's falling apart. <clears throat> okay, but, okay, so when, when do the events of Time Spiral happen then? Um, I mean, so, so, so because, uh, Vincer was in both, right? We know the time from time spiral to, uh, um, you know, today hasn't been that long. Uh, the, not more. The, the, the stuff years. I looked at, um, stuff I looked at suggests that the battle with Ugin happens before Nicol Bolas shows up, um, at that place where he becomes a shadowy emperor. Okay, so the implication is, okay, so now we're really telegraphing things ahead and we're getting things out of order, but that's fine because time travels. No. Yeah, I, no, I get, I get what you're saying. That could definitely be it. He goes there, then goes to Legends because it says that he, he visits Madara. That's where that, that planeswalker fight happened with the demonic Leviathan. It says he visits there a lot because, he, you know, that's his trophy. He ate, he had a giant meal there. He's very happy. Um, so, yeah, that could absolutely be it. Uh, so maybe he was only trapped away as a spirit for like a thousand years or so. That could make okay. sense. All right, finally. Woo. Woo, crisis averted there. Thank goodness. Oh. Um, so anyway, he becomes a real dragon again, and everyone's like, hey, the world, the universe, the multiverse is probably going to end because of these time rifts. And he's like, I don't care. I'm really mad at Ubazawa. And so he basically leaves and goes to Kamigawa for a while. But then he just comes back. <laughs> I don't, it's not clear why or what he did for Kam- in Kamigawa. Um, maybe when we have Return <laughs> of Kamigawa, we'll have that plot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, so later on, geez, we, we gotta jump around all the, over the time, but I do know that he did make a branch of the Infinite Consortium in Kamigawa, so he did something there. Um, but anyway, like I said, he keeps returning to Madara, um, and when he was there the first time, when he did that big time, um, the big Leviathan fight, he actually created the very first time rift as well. Uh, because it was such a big deal. And, uh, they end up having this big fight <clears throat> with, um, Leshrac, who's a random ass dude from, I think, Ice Age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, a, he's a demon lord. Yeah. He's also a planeswalker. 
Um, but he ends up getting in a fight with Leshrac because, uh, because Time Spiral was any character that you remembered is going to be killed off. If we didn't kill him in Apocalypse, we're going to kill him off in Time Spiral. Is basically what that whole block was about. <laughs> so they get in a fight. Of course, Nicole Bolas wins because he never loses and, uh, he uses Leshrac's spark to close that, um, close that time rift. All right, sorry, I'm I'm trying to find uh, I'm I'm trying to find a good magic time a good magic timeline because now I'm concerned about uh, uh, the problems of when did he when did he he quote unquote die and when did he fight Ugin? I think that I think that can make sense that he died, let's say, um, a, a thousand years ago. <clears throat> well, so he was kind of so yeah. If he died like a thousand years ago, um, he fought Ugin one thousand two hundred eighty years ago. That works, right? Yeah. Maybe he died, maybe he only died like 600 years ago, cause he was in Madara for 400 years. He was that shadowy emperor for 400 years, so. But it, it can work, it can all work. It just means he's not, he wasn't dead as long as I thought he was, but we don't, I don't think we know when Legends took place. Let me double check. Oh, we do. Uh, so Legends, so Tetsuo Umazawa lived around 4150 AR, Vincer lived in 4480 AR, so. It looks like only about 300 years was he dead. <clears throat> yeah, okay, so looks like uh, the battle between Nicol Bolas and Ugin, that we'll talk about later, I swear, happened in 3327. Now, these years are all after, uh, essentially, the, the, the brothers are born. Or is that yeah, no, they are negative. They are Givian reckoning. That's negative 33. That's negative 33? What? Wasn't it? No, oh, no, no, that's positive 33. Positive 33. Tw- okay, so p- to put things uh, yeah, into perspective. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so uh, all the stuff that Nicol Bolas did on Dominaria with, uh, with the the, uh, the Dragon Wars and the devouring of the Leviathan, that all happened well before the Brothers' War, so well before Urza and Mishra were born. But then 3,000 years after Urza and Mishra were born, Ugin and Nicol Bolas have their big brouhaha. Yeah, Nicol Bolas is about 25,000 years old, for reference. So is that before or after the Ice Age? It looks like it is... The fight, that would be after the Ice Age. See, the problem is, is that, like, when, when you see it couched in, well, I mean, the Ice Age, uh, was brought on by the detonation of the, of the Golgothian Silex. Right. Which was... Which, um, that's what ended the Brothers' War, right? Yeah, that was the last, that's what ended the last battle of the Brothers' War proper. So the Ice Age... See, the problem is, like, if, if you know anything about Urza Saga, you might get confused, because it's like, the, the the story of Urza saga it starts with kind of like a last time on Dragon Ball Z you know at the very end of the Brothers <laughs> War that was covered in antiquities <laughs> and then covers about three thousand years of Urza doing stuff just in that one <laughs> one story for that one set it's true yeah so it looks like the Ice Age ended in twenty nine thirty four and we were saying the fight happened in the three thousands right mm-hmm. uh, the okay. Ugin fight yeah it all it all checks out it all works. All the time okay, but I, but I still don't know when the fight be- when when uh, Bolas got quote unquote killed. When did that happen? Around forty one fifty. Around forty one fifty. Okay, because that's when Tetsuo um, lived. So, All right. So he was only dead for like three hundred years, and also Legends only takes place like three hundred years before uh, Time Spiral. So Legends takes place like two hundred years before um, uh, Apocalypse and Scourge and all that stuff. So there's like not much time between. Legends and uh, all the, the the big sets that we were used to on Dominaria. All right, so the timeline checks out. out. The, the yeah, time it all checks out. Totally checks out, and so now we're in Time Spiral. 
And the yes. whole point of Time Spiral is that the universe is falling apart, and I swear we'll cover Time Spiral at some point in detail. But what you need to know is, I I think at the time Teferi was trying to reintegrate Shiv into Dominaria. That's uh, that's one of the many things he was trying to do. Yeah, and he was trying I, to close all the time rifts caused right. by crazy crap. Crazy, crazy crap. Yeah, Shiv got like picked up and dropped into Urborg and it wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> and that was one of the various things. You got um, Shiv in my Urborg. Yeah. You got Urborg in my Shiv. That was one of the various things Ferry was trying to fix. Yeah, I think all we really need to cover. So we're all still in kind of the shady era of Nicol Bolas. Like, beyond the legend stuff, he's, he's, you know, he's present, but he's not that big of a deal. It's not until Lara he, he really, we really start to get real info on him. Right. Um, in my opinion. So I think really everyone, all everyone needs to know is, is the big point of Time Spiral was the mending happened, um, based on a lie wizards told us. And then, <laughs> still bitter. <laughs> I'll never not be bitter, but, um. Okay. And that is when, uh, all planeswalkers who are still planeswalkers, uh, essentially get nerfed. Yeah. yeah. And Nicol Bolas doesn't like that. Yeah, so if you thought Nicol Bolas was a jerk before, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because now he's lost a bunch of power, and I believe from this moment forward, every single thing he ever does is in his quest to regain that power. I would I would agree, even if it's things we don't know for sure how that could make that happen. I would it's agree that everything is. he's yeah. doing is trying to regain that power. Right. Okay, so then let's let's fast forward to Alara. And, uh, Nicol Bolas' events and influence then, because I'm pretty sure what he was doing at Alara was attempting to regain his power. Yeah. So, the real summary of Alara is basically, he, he knew that the conflux was going to happen, and so he- Well, let's, let's explain what the conflux is for, you know, anyone who wasn't around then. Jeez, who wasn't? Well, like me, I I started playing immediately <laughs> after Alara. All right, Alara is five shards, which is five individual planes. Alara was at one point one plane. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it made it split into five planes, one for each shard of of mana, and something was going to happen to make it all come back together. Actually, obviously, Nicole Bolas was behind making that happen too, but. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know how he found these random planes and he's like, these all fit together. Let me just <laughs> set up some agents here and there. Well, you know, the edge of this plane looks a lot like the edge of that plane. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna jam those together. Yeah, that's weird. So, he began to set up all that and I guess through some magic he believed, uh, when it all came together he'd be able to harvest some kind of power. I, I personally am not clear. Even though I've read these novels, it just seemed like he was able to harvest it somehow and get some of his his past power back. So kind of in the same way that uh, uh, whenever Galactus comes and eats a planet, he somehow gets power from blowing a planet apart. Yeah. We're not really sure how that works. Just trust us it does. Yeah. So, okay. So basically he, he made all that happen, and then Ajani was like, no, my ultimate makes it twenty twenty. But he made an ultimate that was like a clone of Nicol Bolas. He had another clone of Nicol Bolas, and they fought the two clones, and they basically just bounced off each other, and, and Nicol Bolas had to go away. Okay, so Nicol Bolas gets another another ass-whooping from uh, Bitty Kitty. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so, so far, if we're keeping tally on our fight card of how many times uh, Nicol, Nicol Bolas has won 
an infinite number of fights, and he's lost uh, two. All right, great. Yes, and I think that's all of them. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. I don't think he loses anymore. I think it might be, yeah. Uh, okay, so so that was kind of the, the broad strokes what happens in, in Alara, but most people who might be familiar with uh, good old Nicol Bolas probably know him from uh, the, the Alara Conflux uh, cards. So uh, Conflux, in fact, as the set, was where we first were introduced to the, the card Nicol Bolas Planeswalker, uh, which, if, for those of you who don't know Nicol Bolas Planeswalker, have you seen Ugin? He's like the opposite of Ugin. But only only kind of. So I, I'll just mention the card right now, because I think we're going to see some very... I, I really think we're going to see some variant of Nicol Bolas soon. Uh, after the stories I just read, I don't know if it'll actually be in Dragons of Tarkir or not. I'm, I don't know. We'll get to that speculation in a little bit. Yeah, I got a lot of speculation. Uh, but Nicol Bolas, uh, he is a Planeswalker now. Uh, eight mana cost, four blue, black, black, red. So it's no longer double blue, double black, double red, but it's still those colors. Uh, he comes in with five loyalty and has the following abilities. Plus three, destroy target non-creature permanent. For instance, land, that's fine. Uh, minus two, gain control of target creature, period, full stop. There's no until end of turn, no as long as you control Nicobolus. No, it's just that thing's mine. And that one will be important in a little bit. Totally will. Uh, and minus nine, Nicol Bolas Planeswalker deals seven damage to target player. That player discards seven cards, then sacrifices seven permanents. Which is why we say that he is kind of the, uh, the opposite of Ugin. Cause if you, uh, if you look at Ugin, Ugin's oh, ultimate is just so, so, uh, I don't want to say symmetrical. It's 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 the the complex conjugate of this. It's it's the other side of the coin. So, <laughs> You're driving me crazy calling him the opposite of Ugin and not Ugin, the opposite of Nicol Bolas. Uh, well, no, I'm also that. Yeah. You're driving me crazy. Okay. Well, look, I'm just trying to appeal to newer listeners, a uh, newer audience, <sighs> folks who might not have grown up with Nicol Bolas. He was in Magic who just, 2013. Look, look, but we 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 just had. We just had Fate Reforged. It's, it hasn't even dropped yet. I mean, it's happening right now. Literally right now. It's happening. By the time people hear this, it, they actually went to their release events last weekend. I don't know when I'll get this out. I'm going to try and get it out on Friday. But anyway, uh, Ugin's ultimate says you gain seven life, draw seven cards, then put up to seven permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield. So it's very similar. Anyway, Echoes of Nicol Bolas is what you see on Ugin. So uh, that's that's Nicol Bolas, Planeswalker from Conflux. Uh, other ones from around that time, we had, of course, Slave of Bolas, uh, which is uh, from Alara Reborn, and uh, Slave of Bolas lets you steal a creature. Uh, but unlike Active Treason, you don't give it back, you just kill it. Because, well, let's face facts, Nicol Bolas, if he's going to use a pawn, he'll probably kill it then, because nobody else should have it. Because, again, he's totally a jerk. <laughs> uh, other cards from then... Um, let's see, these are all ones that just mention him, so I don't know if they're... Worth bringing up in detail. But anyway, so Shards of Alara Block, probably where you know Nicol Bolas from. The other place you might know him from is uh, he was kind of the marquee card for M13. So in M13, we had Nicol Bolas Planeswalker get reprinted and also had a couple of other uh, other jerks like Augur of Bolas and Disciple of Bolas who came around. Uh, but then the next time we really get a mention of Bolas card-wise, uh, there was, of course, uh, 
Tezzeret, agent of Bolas, in Mirrodin besieged. So I guess at this point we ought to talk at least briefly about Tezzeret, because he's he's kind of important to Bolas's history. He's a man. Well, he's part of a man. I mean, he replaced pieces of himself with metal, because that's what he does. That's what that plane does. Yeah, well, okay. I suppose that's true. And the goal is to use an Ethereum heart. That was their goal. Yeah, Tezzeret is a native of Esper, um, the shard of Alar that was devoted to, well, Esper colors. You know what that is. Uh, Blue, black, and white. And their thing was, everything was half made out of metal. And Ethereum was awesome. They thought it was great. And, um, and an accomplished, uh, an accomplished sculptor would be constantly replacing his own natural body parts with Ethereum body parts to perfect himself over time. Hmm. You know, I, I, I was just struck by how, uh, how much that mirrors what Phyrex- Phyrexians do. Yeah. Except that, you know, they're much creepier. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's not as pretty and elegant as what you see on Esper. <laughs> huh. It's a lot more gross and get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Esper is much classier. They're they're yes. a classy group. Right. Uh anyway, so uh Tezzeret is a servant of Bolas. I don't think willingly when are we first introduced to the Tezzeret Bolas uh you know dynamic? Well, isn't it when Tezzeret's about to die, he planeswalks to Grixis? And then that's when Tezzeret kind of, or um, Bolas kind of puts his claws in him. Yeah, I think that's right. And then he tries, he, he takes, Tezzeret takes control of the Infinite Consortium. Is that the, no, that's not that. What's the group that Jace leads now? Yeah, it's the Infinite the Consortium. The Infinite Consortium, yeah. Okay, it is the Infinite Consortium. So he takes control of that, fights Jace. Jace almost kills him and that's when Tez, or Bolas saves him and makes him, like, brings him back from the dead, I think. That I'm not yeah, so, positive on. So Jace, yeah, it's, it's the classic deal with the devil type thing to save his to save his own life. Um, so Jace was a real jerk because he he like totally messed up his mind, which is exactly what Nicol Bolas would do to someone too. Jace just like totally screwed up uh, Tezzeret's mind, and I believe he also ripped off his arm. Um, oh yeah, his his move. Ethereum arm, or his real. Been a regular arm at that point. Because see, I thought that Tezzeret had replaced his. If I remember, because I I read both Test of Metal and. Uh, I think Agents of Artifice. I think those were if he ripped, that I've read. If he ripped off his arm, it would have been his old Ethereum arm, because the old one was not the skeletal claw that he currently uses. Yeah, and, and Tezzeret had replaced his original flesh and bone arm with an Ethereum arm, and I think I think Rich is right. I think that Jace ripped that Ethereum arm off. Sure, and then <clears throat> I know Nickel Bulls, A, gave him his mind back, but B, uh, gave him a new arm. Yeah. So hey, before we move off of 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 this whole area of of time period, can you give us? Can somebody give us the uh, three sentence explanation of what the Infinite Consortium is? Um, blue mages. So a bunch of jerks getting together uh, on multiple planes. Blue. I don't. I honestly, I mean, <laughs> I know it's an organization that exists on multiple planes, but there's not multiple planeswalkers. It's it's the multiverse equivalent of the Illuminati. Hmm. There's, yeah, I, I mean, it. it's it's just another thing Nicol Bolas has going to, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. Eventually, it'll do something for him. I don't know what, but, but it doesn't, doesn't. Jace run it on Ravnica? Yeah, because Jace took it over on Ravnica, but there's no reason to believe that Jace controls all of it. Um, 
True. And so it does employ planeswalkers, um, but who knows what the end goal of it was supposed to be or will be. Could could be anything. It could we be have anything. so many just open plots with Nicol Bolas. Like, he's done so many things that are not wrapped up. All right. So uh, that's kind of let's let's just leave Tezzeret behind for a bit. Yeah. Then. And, you know, uh, another important thing happened on Alara. Yes. That's where Sarkin met Nicol Bolas. Uh, oh, hey, that's right. That's absolutely yeah. right. We should bring that up because uh, uh, Sarkin. Oh, poor, sad Sarkin. Uh, so as we now know. Sarkin was originally a native of the plain of Tarkir, and Sarkin was a man born uh, centuries too late because Sarkin had a... I'm going to describe it as an unhealthy fascination with dragons. Yes. But the problem is Tarkir had no dragons. So when uh, Sarkin's planeswalker spark ignited, he found himself... Uh, did he find himself on Grixis? No, uh, John... Good. John, no, okay, I'm sorry. On John, that's where he saw his first real flesh and blood dragon. Yeah, and uh, soon thereafter met Nicobolus and said, you know, hey, that's an awesome dragon. I want to be with him. Which was boy, was he wrong? Kind of a mistake. Not yeah, a, a good one there. So uh, once once uh, Nicobolus had his talons into Sarkin. Uh, at this point, he sets a plan in motion that uh, I guess really took us years to really understand. Uh, and I'm not sure that we really fully understand it now, but he sent Sarkin over to Zendikar to go check out the Eye of Ugin. Yeah. You know, Ugin would come into this. Uh, because again, everything Nicol Bolas does is to get back power. And Nicol Bolas was made aware of this prison on Zendikar that held the Eldrazi. And he was pretty sure that the Eldrazi are a source of power, and he wanted to know more about them. But they were all locked up in a prison, so what do you do? Well, you stage the world's slowest prison break. And so he sends Sarkin there, and uh, I, I believe we talked about a lot of the details of this on a previous episode of Card Advantage, where we talked about... Uh, uh, I think it was the well, yeah. But we've I think talked it was, about we did a Sarkin episode and we've done a. Uh, we talked a lot Eldrazi. about Nissa. Yeah, when she I think we came covered out, a lot of and this. so we covered a lot of the Eldrazi there. Uh, but the long, long story short, uh, three planeswalkers got together and sealed the Eldrazi on Zendikar. So to get the prison back open again, you need here are your ingredients. You need three planeswalkers. Uh, you need a colorless fire. Because that was a thing that uh, uh, Ugin did. So you need colorless fire. Uh, and I feel like there was one other element that you needed. But you definitely need those two things. And go take them to uh, the Eye of Ugin, which is where the Eldrazi are imprisoned. And uh, hijinks and shenanigans will ensue. And Bob's your uncle. You've got Eldrazi out again. And so that's that's what Nicobolus did. But here's how he stages this prison break. Even though he himself is a planeswalker, he's not going to go. No, no, no. Forget that. That's it's way too much effort. And, you know, there's something on TV. So what he does is he sends Sarkin there and just says, wait for like years, just stay there in the Ivugan all by your lonesome. Uh, and eventually, uh, Jace shows up because he's chasing Chandra because Chandra has just stolen a scroll about colorless fire, the location of which was leaked to Chandra by Nicol Bolas. So he set the whole thing up, but it's like the craziest, you know, cat's paw 
weird sort of thing that he had to do to get everybody there. But he gets them all there. We break open the prison, and there you go. You've got the Eldrazi. So are you happy now, Nicobolas? No, he's he's never been happy. Because, once again, that's an open plot line related to Nicobolas that'll somehow make him powerful, I assume. I mean, Somehow. I don't see how he intends to gain from that, but... Well, well now that I know about this I, Leviathan, I think he's just going to eat them. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> well, there, that's option. Or... With like with um the conflux, you know, the generation of a plane, probably a lot of power, probably a lot of power to be had in the destruction of a plane. Uh, yeah, it actually powered the weatherlight. So if a plane was, if the Eldrazi would destroy Zendikar and other planes, if he could f- try to find some way to ob- take that energy in its wake, then he would be able to uh, hopefully, in his own mind, reachieve his godlike status. So he's going but, to take Emrakul to the conflux and become an Eldrazi farmer. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's a nice crop of Eldrazi you got coming in there. That big one over there, call him Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if, I mean, that, if that could be why. Yeah, if we're able to move on here, um, speaking of Nicobolas sending his underlings to a plane for an unclear purpose. Mirrored. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the it's, exact same thing. It's a good question. He, he sent Tezzeret to Mirrodin to infiltrate the Phyrexians. Tezzeret wants nothing more in this entire world than to kill Nicobolus. Which I'm pretty sure that's what Sarkin now wants too, so. <laughs> and so he's there under the dragon's commands because I think that he wants to infiltrate and learn Phyrexian process, how they do things. Or he wants to learn something about them. Like he doesn't necessarily want them to do things. He wants to learn about them. Maybe he's interested in Karn's power. Maybe because Karn was able to create an entire plane. Granted, that was pre-mending. He created Meriden. So not exactly sure his goal, but I know Tezzeret's goal was to take control for, of the Phyrexians from all the Praetors, replace Karn as a father of machines, and use the Phyrexians to destroy everything Nicobolus loves, which is. Maybe Nicobolus? <laughs> Maybe. You know, I'm beginning to think that all this time, I, I got a new theory that I've just come up with. All this time, Nicobolus just has a death wish and is committing suicide in the most complicated manner he can come up with. Because he just keeps creating and saving and manipulating people to hate him. Well, it's to him it's a giant chess game. Like, they're pawns and that's all they are to him. Whether they hate him or not, they'll do his bidding until they, cause they can't defeat him, and then when they're expendable, they're gone. Yeah, he'll just discard them. Yeah, so like, like he is like, he left Sarkhan to go mad. He had no love for Sarkhan. He sends Tezzeret in, you know, on dangerous missions, cause Tezzeret will do as he commands, until Tezzeret finds a way to kill him, which I don't know if he ever will. Oh, well, Tezzeret does get the chance, and does kill him, but it's not really him, it's a clone, as we alluded to yeah. earlier. Tezzeret's like, yay, and then it's no. It's like, nope, nope, sorry. Nope. Womp, womp. So, but yeah, <sighs> I mean, the, unless Nicobolas, for some reason, thought, again, because what the Phyrexians do, they destroy planes and bring them into the fold. If Nicobolas, again, finds ways of, finds ways in the destruction of a plane to gain power, maybe that's part of his goal is to find another way to have planes be destroyed or prepared to be destroyed where he can easily just come in and take what he wants from the wreckage. Is it possible of, that Nicol Bolas is the reason we can't have nice things? 
Oh, he is 100% the reason we can't have nice things. Because the Phyrexians don't really, like, they're not looking to destroy anything, they're just looking to take over, make them part of the Phyrexians, and move to the next plane. Which leaves the planes very kind of open for business for Nicobolus to do as he pleases. So if he, if, and if he's never worried about the Phyrexians overpowering him, which, be honest, I don't think they could, he lets them do as he sees fit to serve his purposes by wiping out planes and making them easier for him to take either take control of or take their power. Mm. I'm not sure if it's clear to me whether the Phyrexians know for sure in their um in their you know whatever ancestral memory they have that there are other planes. That that wasn't clear to me whether they know about the multiverse or whether they only know about Mirrodin now. Okay. Oh, that's right, because, uh, well, now this should be the subject of an episode entirely about Phyrexians, but uh, the Phyrexians who are on Mirrodin aren't really the Phyrexians from Dominaria. They're related to, but not the same. They essentially sprung forth from the black oil that contaminated Karn when Karn created Mirrodin. Yes. And that makes me think that there might only be one level to Nicobolas checking out what's happening on Mirrodin and New Phyrexia because he recognizes them as a potential uh, threat, you know, if he's aware of how they were able to corrupt Karn, another planeswalker, and another very powerful one at that. That could, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't, I, realize, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that about the Phyrexians, that they weren't the same ones that go from plane to plane messing no, those, people's stuff up. Um, those no, are and even things. even those Phyrexians from the, from the distant past, they were only going back and forth between Phyrexia and Dominaria. I mean, oh, there, no. there was, there, there was, that, there was a gate, um, between the two in the caves of Koilos, and then later, Wrath got laid on top of everything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that is a, a story for another time. Okay. They, okay, but they, they were able to tra- travel to other planes because they went to Elspeth's plane. Now, how they got there oh, or anything that's like that, true. Oh, you're we right. don't know. I forgot. And, I mean, and they also got to Wrath, somehow. Well, Wrath uh, is artificial. But, I figured they made that one. Well, and had to do it from... they they also got to Sarah's realm, right? They invaded mm. there. No, I thought someone led them there. Urza, no, they never invaded Sarah's realm. Urza brought Zancha to Sarah's realm, and Zancha was Phyrexian, and uh, just a little bit of her being there started to corrupt Sarah's realm. But oh, the Phyrexians okay. themselves, as a whole, never invaded. Um, but I do believe the Phyrexians, um, a are the new Phyrexians are aware of other planes. Maybe they learned from um, Karn, you know. Or from Venser, because uh, didn't didn't they kill Venser? No, he, he killed did. himself. Yeah, okay. he, yeah. And also the uh, the card prototype portal implies to me that they are trying to leave, and that will be in a major plot line later. All right. Well, look, we've fallen down the Phyrexian rabbit hole. Let's get back to Bolas. <laughs> I love that why, hole. Why? I I I hate the Phyrexians. Uh, but we're meant to hate the Phyrexians. Okay, so getting back to Nicol Bolas, uh, the reason, the whole reason we were trying to have this conversation about Nicol Bolas was to get to this point, because although this doesn't fall chronologically now, set-wise now, we're in the past on Tarkir, where, you know, based on on my understanding, because there have been two really good stories that were on Uncharted Realms just recently on the Mothership. And, uh, they were, uh, unwritten, which was, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, and then Reforged Chain, that was posted just yesterday as we record this. And these two detail, uh, uh, Sarkin, who's now traveled to the past, through Ugin's Nexus, to the past, uh, to witness actually the fight between Ugin and Nicol Bolas. Now, if you have not read these two stories, 
and you do not want things to be spoiled, you should stop this episode right now, go read those, and then come back. We'll still be here. That's how podcasts work. So, let's talk about these two stories and what happened. All right. Well, I mean, the first one is he goes to Tarkir, and he meets Yasova Dragonclaw, and she's marking rocks, and he's like, what's up with that? And that's about it. Yeah, that's that's mostly. I mean, that's, that's you know, there's more character development than that, but... Ultimately, for time concerns, I would say that's the plot of that one. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. But he comes to the startling realization at the end of Unwritten that the thing that she's doing, because she's just being like all Banksy, she's just graffiti everywhere. What she's doing is she's laying a trail to point to where Ugin is. And that trail, it's it's like the Nazca lines. It's visible from the air. And so it's meant to lead Nicobolus to where Ugin is because... Surprise, surprise, in Reforged Chain, what should happen but, uh, for reasons that are not explained at all, Nicol Bolas pops out of nowhere and decides to try and kill Ugin. You know, I, I feel like this makes more sense than anything else he's ever done, because if I was the big bad dragon planeswalker, I would yeah. want to be the only big bad dragon planeswalker. So, like, that's not crazy to me. So, I mean, he, did he killed Ugin pre-mending? Yeah. Yeah, so this is, yeah, this is yeah. pre-mending Ugin. Hey, now that's, that's an interesting point. Let's, let's just pause right there for a second. We have Sarkin, who is a post-mending planeswalker. Now in the past, pre-mending, but he doesn't become supremely powerful. Yeah, I, I would wager he wouldn't. Well, his, it's not the same spark. Uh, his spark it? doesn't, his spark doesn't change. Yeah, but the spark is what allowed planeswalkers to tap into these vast reserves of energy and the whole reason that planeswalkers are now nerfed is because we sealed up all of the rifts that they were pulling all the energy from so is a is a post-mending spark intrinsically different than a pre-mending spark which that's possible but i was under the impression that the real difference between them was the energy source I, i would say yes i would say all existing planeswalkers had their sparks downgraded Post mending and uh, and therefore you know just because he traveled pre mending, um, I don't think that means that he'll suddenly become all powerful. Or maybe he just wasn't around long enough to figure it out. Now that's another possibility. You know, it could be it could be like you know maybe today right now you 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 just gained the ability to fly, but you know maybe until not until you're jumping off a cliff will you actually realize you have it. Right. So clues, right. let's throw you off a cliff and see. It's only I'm, one way to find out. I'm gonna go no. Apparently you don't want to know if you can fly. Correct. I'm perfectly capable of flying if I have enough technology. So I'll just go get on a plane. That'll be just fine. That's the flying kind, not the multiverse kind or the <laughs> taps for white mana kind. Okay. Although I suppose you have a, you could land a plane on a plane on a plane. Go ahead and spell those for me. So, uh, what I found interesting about this fight, what, what just boggles my mind is, and it's unfortunately, once again, our incomplete picture of Nicol Bolas's history and what's going on in his head. There seems to be absolutely, other than CJ's motivation of, I want to be the baddest dragon around, there's there's absolutely no indication why he pops out of nowhere and just tries to kill Ugin. I mean, it might be a leftover grudge from the Dragon Wars. Both of them are extremely old and probably old enough to have participated in that. Uh, my indication was that Ugin was much younger than well, Nicol Bolas. We, we also know yeah. Ugin was from Tarkir. 
and the dragon voice happened on Dominaria. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so, well, okay. well, wait a minute. Was well, Ugin well, well, actually well, from Tarkir, or did he yes. merely planeswalk there? Because he no, is, he is from Tarkir. Okay. I mean, think about what Ugin is to Tarkir. Dragons exist because of Ugin. Right. He is a colorless mage who, through his, I don't know whether it's his will or just the sheer awe of his ability, colored creatures are spewing forth from storms of pure power and energy. That's, I mean, that's a very powerful ability, whether again, whether it's by will or by his pure presence on that plane. I mean, that's a lot of power for someone to ignore if you don't have it. I mean, because we can, it's safe to assume that even though they're all pre-mending, they don't all have the same abilities, even though they're all godlike. Yeah, I agree with that. So I would assume that Ugin was able to do this thing that Nick Bolas thought was, you know, if he's the emperor, he won this dragon war where he's slaughtered so many. And if he ever fears of another war, wouldn't he want some, be able to generate his own army? And if Ugin is capable of doing that, wouldn't he want that ability? And through Ugin, who devoured the demonic Leviathan to gain more power, figures if he can devour or destroy Ugin, he will be, gain the ability to generate his own army that, in such a way. Hmm. Well, that all makes sense. Okay, I guess we should talk about the fight real quick and, uh, sure. and, and the results, and then we'll circle back. Because everything, I was so on board with Rich except for, uh, what happens here. So, um, basically, it's exactly like Clues said. Nicol Bulls just pops in and he's like, it's fighting time. Um, he needed Yasova to help find, to guide him to, um, to, uh, what's his name? Ugin. Ugin. Which, which also doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Actually, you know what? That's not what Yasova was doing. Um, that, she wasn't guiding him. She was marking where the dragon storms were. Which will be important in just a second because, uh, Nicol Bolas and Ugin all get in a big fight. Um, Sarkin is in dragon form and he's like, maybe if I bite Nicol Bolas in the eyeball at the exact right time, you know, Ugin can win this fight. Um, and, and Ugin's like, hey man, I ain't about that. And so he, cause he can make little dragon storms, makes a bunch of dragon storms. He's like, hey, dragons, come help me. And, uh, so a bunch of dragons show up. And, uh, this is where Yosova's thing happens. So, Nicole Bolas, he, he wasn't Mark, he wasn't trying to find Ugin. He was, uh, making an outline of a spell. If you remember that from the story uh, now. okay. So, I think it was the outline of the spell that was, uh, I'll call it mass, mass minus three, his ability. And he gains control of all the dragons. Even, even Sarkin is like, hey, I should attack Ugin now. <clears throat> the dragon part of Sarkin. So, everything starts attacking Ugin. And, uh, Ugin cannot handle that. Uh, Sarkin turns out of a dragon, falls to the ground, Yasopa heals him for some reason. Um, Sarkin is like, nah. Oh yeah. So the fight ends with basically Sarkin sees Ugin just fall out of the sky, hit the ground. Um, and Nicol Bolas then is like, well, I'm done and disappears and that's it. So that's the one thing there with what Rich said. It's like, if he was there to eat him, why didn't he eat him? Like, he's got everything going for him right then. Um, I don't know. Well, then the second thought is a dragon who could create all these dragons, even though Nicol Bolas could, you know, at that time he was able to chain, you know, control them. Mm-hmm. If he can't always do that, Ugin can generate an army to win. So maybe he just saw Ugin as, like, the one threat to kill him. And yeah. he saw the one opportunity he had to cast a spell to change the dragons to attack him, because that was the only way he was able to win. He couldn't beat him one on one, and he yeah. finally saw someone who who was may, maybe an equal, maybe a greater. Well, and he had to say no. I can't. I could exi- beat him 
one-on-one without dragons around. Yeah, but he just yeah. saw he saw an opportunity to take out one of the few threats that could actually take care of him, and he had to exact that. So, uh, to wrap up this story and, and fulfill the spoilers, um, Sarkin goes down to Ugin and is like, I don't know what to do, but he brought that little piece of a hedron stone from the eye of Ugin, and he did some magic to it, and it causes, it creates this big old cocoon of hedrons around Ugin, um, presumably for him to heal in for, I would wager, 1,280 years. Um, and Sarkin then is like, good. And then if uh, we all complete enough uh, uh, achievements in phase yes. three, we open up the cocoon and everybody gets a little mini booster pack. Oh, nice. Um, and then because in the Tarkir of the future... Sarkin Vol as he exists now because he never, he, if he lives on a, on a plane where dragons exist, he wouldn't have left to go to Jund. He wouldn't have met Nickel Vol's ETC, ETC. Uh, Sarkin Vol ceases to exist as a state-based action. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that he necessarily ceases to exist. I, if you read see. the last line there. Sarkin, well, the Sarkin as we know him would cease to exist. Yeah. I think we will see a new Sarkin in Dragon I, I think what's, I think what's happening in, in that part of the story is that, because Ugin got saved, then the um, then the the time door that brought Sarkon back there is closed now. Yeah, yeah, because because the actual line is that temporal forces whisked Sarkin away. So I I feel like I'm not sure that we're going to get a completely new Sarkin. I think we're going to end up with the uh, the 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 Back to the Future sort of time travel. I think this Sarkin is going to get pulled back to the present. And it'll be different. And and it'll be different. Or or he'll be pulled back to the present, and that's where he'll find the cocoon with Ugin in it. And that all of the events in the timeline continued to happen how they should have happened up until now, but Ugin is now back alive. So, can we get into crazy baseless speculation? I was going to say, so now it's time for crazy baseless speculation. All right. You've heard so, my number one theory. I Wait, what's your number one theory? My number one theory is that it's it, we haven't really saved Ugin in the past. We've gone to the past, and we've tucked Ugin into his little blankie, and he's going to just sit there hibernating in his little blankie until we get to back to now, and yeah. that's when we're going to pull Ugin out of, uh, oh, of yeah. his cocoon. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think Dragons of Tarkir is going to be 500 years in the past or something. That'd be silly. No, uh, I, th- I think uh, Dragons of Tarkir is going to be now with the dragons yeah. coming back now. Um, the dragons coming back now, or the dragons all were always yeah they were always there. there. No, I don't. I don't think they were always there. No, no. But, I I think because okay, oh, so not not even with Ugin still alive. No, no. Okay, the, correct. The, so here's here's what I'm saying. So the we're we're gonna we're gonna define two different timelines here. Okay, we're gonna define uh, the timeline we think we know, the prime timeline where Ugin died like a thousand years ago, all the dragons went away. Uh, Tarkir descended into fighting amongst the clans and brought us to the cons of Tarkir that we knew in the set cons of Tarkir. Then Sarkin goes back in time and saves Ugin, but when he saves Ugin, he doesn't leave Ugin alive in the past, he leaves Ugin essentially in stasis. And I'm saying that Ugin is going to stay in stasis until just after uh, Sarkin went back. So all of the events that we think we know about Tarkir's history between a thousand years from now, or before now and now, all that stuff still happened exactly the same way, because everyone thought Ugin was dead, and Ugin had no influence because he was hiding in the cocoon. Uh, I disagree, due to that last line where it's like, I, high above dragons free really sort of the guy. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think too. we see a Tarkir where dragons have existed for 1280 years. I, because, I mean, 
just just as, and this isn't even through lore. This is strictly through how Wizards claims they designed the set. Cons of Tarkir, draft wise, story wise, does not make sense with Dragons of Tarkir. Okay, that is a very good point. So that means the timeline can't just fold back into itself neatly. It has to be different. And like, in which case, then it is going to be. Then I'm still going to stand by the total Back to the Future thing. Sarkin is Marty McFly. He's gone back in time hey, to the enchantment of the sea no Marty McFly. But even in Back to the Future, they they changed the period from when they went to now for that. Yeah, yeah, that's, they might remember it, but that's that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm now agreeing with you. You've convinced oh, okay. me. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying that our the Sarkin we know with those memories is coming back. He's still yeah. Marty McFly. He changed the past, so now he has a nice car. I don't know about that one. But yeah, we'll see. whatever. <laughs> but I, I do effect like. of, of Ugin's time door that was keeping him in the past and then closed when Ugin got saved protected him timeline. Right. So, yeah. Stipulation, I, I, I mean, let's just point out, let's say this isn't the same Sarkin. Even if it is or isn't the same Sarkin, Sarkin knew he was alive or whatnot. Past Sarkin would not have gone to Jund, might never have woken his spark. He wouldn't have stayed in the eye of Ugin for years waiting for Chandra and Jace. Eldrazi yeah, never been released. I, I say this is a new Sarkin. Like that, that Sarkin did do all those things still, but, um, I think we'll see a new Sarkin mostly because of those reasons. Cause all that stuff still happened. I, I guarantee they're not going to use this as an opportunity to, to retcon all of Zendikar, right? Right. That would be crazy. So unless, unless they're like, Oh, it turns out Nicobolus went there himself. Cause I think Sarkin's role there was to turn into a dragon. I think that was important. Maybe so Nicobolus oh. go do all that stuff. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Nicobolus would have had to go. I, I think Sarkin's role was specifically because he could turn into a dragon. Um, so I don't know. I want to talk about Ugin for a second though. Sure, sure. Hit us. There's two things that bother me about Ugin. And I know what people are going to say about the first one. And I'm sorry if you're a listener of Judge Cast, but deal with it. Um, and I'm sorry this ever came up on Judge Cast because it shouldn't have. But Ugin is a, uh, his card is a card of a pre-mending planeswalker. And when the mending happened, we were sold that pre-mending planeswalkers were too powerful to print. And after that point, they've, they've kind of gone back on their statement. Cause I don't think Brady Dalmaruth works for wizards anymore. At least he's not a public figure anymore. Um, cause now they pull the, the cop out of, Oh, you, they're just showing you a little bit of their powers. No, that's not how it was. <laughs> that's not how it was. Otherwise, if we got a past Nicol Bolas card, it should be like, Gain control of all creatures plus 10. Like, that's how they were. <laughs> that's the little bit of their power they could show you. In fact, uh, the, the ultimate is uh, turn to the table to your right, take their deck too. Yeah. That's also yours. Yes. Uh, so it bothers me that they, they printed Ugin, but it okay. bothered me when they did it with the uh, commander decks too. Let me see if I can unpack what you're saying here, because I, I think your message is, uh, it, it's clear to me, but it might not be clear to everyone. Sure. What CJ is, is saying is that they're abolishing the reserved list because their promises mean nothing. They, yes, I am. Thank you. See? They, they tell us things and then, and then they don't keep up with them. And now one day we're going to get an Urza planeswalker for no reason. And, uh, I'm upset about it. So secondly, now to be clear, we'll never get an Urza planeswalker. (laughs) I think we will because there's nothing stopping them now. Yeah. I'm actually agreeing with CJ on this one. To be clear, no, Wizards is not abolishing the reserved list. It's not going to happen. Why Uh, wouldn't they? They didn't keep this promise. (laughs) 
I'm upset. Yeah, not, so, it's, so wait, it's not an overtly breaking of a promise. It's, <laughs> no, it's not. Not keeping yeah, they, one promise means they can't keep any promises. If movies have yeah. taught me anything, it's taught me that. Uh, but no, I, ever kept a promise? Well, no, but he exactly. promised. Has he ever made a promise? I believe he promised he would never keep a promise, uh, <laughs> which creates a time paradox. Uh, so I actually, while we're on this tangent and sidetrack, I think you're right. I think we will see an Urza planeswalker, and I think marketing will make them have a Mishra planeswalker just so they can have the brothers war planeswalker. planeswalker. I, I know that's that's why it's ridiculous, but I'm saying it's going to happen someday. Right. Okay, I don't yeah. think that will happen. Okay, but, okay, I do agree with CJ. I do not like Ugin's card. I think it is too powerful. Well, I don't think oh. it should exist. I don't think it's as powerful as a pre-mending planeswalker should have been. No, that's not the honest. So the other part I don't like about Ugin is his, uh, his ultimate being an opposite of Nicol Bolas, but Ugin is his own person born years after Nicol Bolas, so why is his ultimate related to Nicol Bolas in any way? I don't understand that. It's just an anti-Nicol Bolas card. I mean, like, or opposite like, Nicol Bolas card. That's all, that's it. all it is. It's... Yeah, I think that's the character of Ugin. He did so much more. It's, it's, there to, it's there to clearly um, contrast the immense creative power that Ugin wields as opposed to the immense destructive power that Nicopolis has. I honestly think it was lazy design work. I think it's lazy. Yeah, I absolutely think it's lazy. Because like, he also sealed away is. the uh, – by this point, he had already sealed away the Eldrazi, so we don't really get anything – about that, you know, that's what I'm saying. He's his own character. He's he's a totally separate character from Nicol Bolas. So why give him an ultimate related so strongly to Nicol Bolas? I don't get it. <clears throat> unless, and here comes my wild speculation, unless, remember back in Legends when Nicol Bolas' spirit got separated? Maybe Ugin is related to that somehow? Hmm. Uh, except for the timeline is off. Now that we've discussed the timeline, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Oh, my crazy speculation's been ruined already. Curses. Well, I mean, there's like, some crazy. I, I kind of like that idea of them being like blue and red Superman. That's interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't work. Cause there's a... he wouldn't have been around to, uh, to, uh, seal, to seal the Eldrazi away. Here's a theory. We get a new Soren. Instead of Solemn Visitor, we get Ugin's homeboy. <laughs> Soren, comma, Ugin's homeboy. I, mean, I I was gonna go with we're gonna get uh, Soren comma completely confused as to why he's on Tarkir. <laughs> yes. Or we get Soren Eldrazi Slayer. Plus well, I know, he's, he's there looking for Ugin. I mean, it's not crazy why he'd be there. Yeah. Although well, unless unless Ugin was alive around him. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, th- the thing is, this time is different because even with Ugin not dying, things have to have changed. Um, whether he wills it or not, I don't know. Dragons might could still exist in Tarkir, where the where the Khans do not hunt them into extinction, which causes Sarkin to never, you know, well he he might still leave because he planeswalks out of on without his own will, but he might not have stayed as Jund. He might not have ever chose to serve Nicobolus because he didn't revere that dragon. So that puts a lot of implications into what happens with Eldrazi, a lot of what happens on Alara. I mean, does this change how how things happen with Tezzeret? Is Tezzeret still corrupted by Nicobolus? I mean, like, the the butterfly effect, the petals, the ripples that happen throughout the land. You know, Ugin's alive, yeah. and, you know, if you know, I understand he's in stasis, maybe whether he can and can't leave, but, you know, Soren went to Zendikar waiting, with, and Ugin was supposed to go as well. So, Doug Byer did say that they, their intent here was that time changes on Tarkir will only affect Tarkir, so. Like, oh, okay. The, the only way for that to work, yeah, I mean, so, like, you know, Chandra and Jace will still remember meeting Sarkin in that place in the Eye of Ugin, I guess. You know, well, I, I, mean, sounds... I don't know. I'm just. 
I think I think they have a real opportunity to do you know change time everywhere. And again, you don't have to retcon everything that's happened to be able to change things. Like maybe for somehow Venzer now lives. Venzer's alive now. Hey, uh, how did we get into the mess that required the mending in the first place? Wasn't it time travel? Time travel. Okay, yes. so I can't help but think that what we're doing here is repeating mistakes of the past. and that, Time travel and other things, but time travel was a fact. And that what we're going to have happen is, for now, but only for now, the uh, the paradoxes generated by the uh, uh, changed events on Tarkir, they're going to be contained to Tarkir for now, but I can almost guarantee... And someone ten years from now, remember back to when I said this, that these events are going to have serious repercussions, not quite mending level, but the same idea down the road. Here it is. It's Wizards' ultimate chance to older players who hate Planeswalkers. They're going <laughs> to perform the second mending, and it completely removes sparks. Yeah, are right. no Planeswalkers. Specifically Bam. blue sparks from Which people named alpha. Jace. So I, um, I just have another crazy theory, because you guys brought up swords. Yeah. And and I realize I think, you know, we have the card Bitter Revelation and it's like here you lie, Ugin, the corpses of worlds will join you in the tomb. I actually think we'll get a new card in um Dragons where Ugin or I'm sorry, Soren finds Ugin. And so like everything that happened in with Soren coming to Tarkir right now, I will say that never happened. Soren still comes to Tarkir because he still has the same reasons to come to Tarkir, but he'll find Ugin alive this time. So it'll be a reverse bitter revelation. So Bitter Revelations is black, right? Yeah. We get white. A white. Yeah. Um, something Happy like joyous. Like joyous. Yeah, reunion. joyous. I like that. <laughs> like, I like that. Or a faded reunion. Yeah. All right. I think and that's going to happen. And it's a white card that gives you, get you gain life and draw cards. Okay. And are we. Sphinx's reunion. Are we <laughs> going through all of these motions just to set up the inevitable uh, return to Zendikar, where we will once again imprison the Eldrazi. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's all setting up return to Eldrazi. All right, great. And or, so, who are... Eldrazi on another plane. But... Well, listen, well, if we're because getting... only Ulamog's on Zendikar. Right. Yeah. And this time, they don't have the Hedrons created by um, Nahiri. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're getting the band back together, who is our, uh, who's our, who's our drummer? Cause, uh, you know, we've got, we've now got Ugin and Soren's going to be there hanging with Ugin again. Who's our Nahiri? Well, do we know where Nahiri is? Uh, I, my understanding is that Nahiri's dead. No, all they know, all Soren knows is they n- neither showed as they were supposed to. Yeah. And we learned that Ugin was dead. We don't know why Nahiri didn't show. We can, ass- we can make the assumption she's dead. But and Soren again, she was pre-mending it. Whether she, I mean, she might not have kept her spark post-mending. She might have lost it. Yeah. Um. But we also know that apparently you can build a cocoon of hedrons and and show up in the future. Oh, you know. By the way, for the Star Trek fans, this is exactly like when they put Scotty in the transporter buffer in that one episode of Next Generation. So they can oh, be yeah. like, oh, Scotty's here now. <laughs> this is the exact same thing they're doing with Ugin. Is they're like, oh, he's in the transporter buffer, but now he's here. Um, but anyway, Nahiri, maybe she's in a hedron somewhere. Who knows? Hmm. It could, yeah, it could be. I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, not nothing around her, I should say. There's nothing really that mentioned. I mean, she just got a name this year. Yeah. Which could be an allusion to, hey, here she is. She has a name. Now the Lithomancer's coming. But all we know yeah. is that she was not able to make their meeting. I mean, she could have, I mean, she, she could be like Obnixilis and lost her spark. Uh, well, isn't she the reason why Obnixilis lost his spark? Didn't she imprison him? Yeah, she did. 
Oh, I thought I thought he lost his spark because of the po- the mending, and he no, just happened she, to be on that plane. Uh, no, she made that little hedron. Um, well, is it both? Oh, he lost his spark because of the chain veil. Ah, right. Okay. The the little hedron she made uh, weakened him as a demon. So hmm. I mean, they could be, they could be getting ready to bring Nahiri back into um, the storyline. It's really hard to say because they did. Soren didn't know why no one came. All he knows is they didn't. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. The fact that they didn't kill her on screen implies to me that, yeah, she's coming back. Yeah, you've got a good point there. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's it. But I think it, I think it could better in the story that if she doesn't, because now they have to find another planeswalker, hopefully through an existing one, to yeah. be able to help contain this power. You know, they, do they reach, you know, could find a way to bring Elspeth back? She's, if they're looking specifically for a white mage, maybe we can start incorporating other mages, like, well, wait, find it, something for Tamiyo, cause if she you was studying want, the moon. Yeah, if you want a white mage, why don't you just go get, uh, uh, god, what is this? I've just lost his name. I'm picturing his card. Gideon, or? Italian. Gideon, yes, go get Gideon, cause Gideon was on Ravnica looking for help against the Eldrazi. He's yeah, looking sure. to fight the Eldrazi. I think they're looking to contain them. That's yeah, why I honestly think it's more if, of a punching things type of planeswalker. That's why, and my like thinking is there was a on Innistrad. Tamio was there. She didn't play a lot of big storyline, but she was there studying their moon and their yeah. silver, which is made of silver, which was part of the Hell Vault, which was did what? It sealed things. Mm. And she's on she Kamigawa, which is linked to Nicobola somehow. So and... she, they could find her. Who has learned the ability to, for, through that silver to be able to seal things? Because she's learned part of that magic is from Sorin. I like so, that. So huh. br- that's, that's, so that's a good idea. They can't find like- Yuri. They can't find a way to seal the Eldrazi. They find someone who learned that, and they find Tamio. Because I think the Hellbolt is pretty similar to a Hedron anyway, right? Yeah. It looks similar if you think about yeah. it now. Um, I wonder. If, I wonder if we need planeswalkers of every color to finally. Do the job yeah. right, because if you want Do someone that. to fill Nahiri's role as as an Earth Shaper, you can. Is Koth still alive? Koth still alive. Koth is still alive. Uh, as yeah. far it's, as we know, it's Koth is still up in alive. the air whether he's alive or not. That's another off camera. Like he, they didn't kill him on camera, so he's almost certainly alive. It's it's highly assumed he's died because he forced um t- uh Elspeth to planeswalk away, but it's never been for sure whether he lived. I think. I, that, I don't uh, think I thought that the the story was that we actually believe him to still be alive, and that know. he's essentially fighting with the underground on uh, Mirrodin. From what I remember from the Uncharted Realms was they were losing the fight, and Koth set a ratchet bomb and told Elspeth to leave, and she refused, so he forced her to planeswalk away. And I don't remember exactly how, and he was left at the explosion. So there's a chance he's alive and there's a chance he's not. Again, it was off camera, so we don't know. I mean, that's like a scene from a movie. You know, the doors close, the explosion happens, and you think they're dead, and they come back in the le- you know last act. Wait, uh, yeah, according as long as he didn't set the ratchet bomb to four, he's he's good. According to Doug Byer, Doug Byer himself, in his article in from June of last year, checking in with the Planeswalkers back when Elspeth died, uh, according to him, he escaped. Oh, okay, so Kath is alive. Yeah. Alright, well, there's that. <laughs> well, if they, I mean, if they do need one from every color, so, bringing Koth uh, back into the game would be a great one to use for red. I want him to go find, um, Karn and just build like a colorless planeswalker super team. Karn and Ugin, that'll be fun. Yeah. It's just well, like, see, you, need, you know what? Go ahead. I mean, I mean, he, 
he made a plane once, and he's pre-mending too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe now, he has I mean, a trick. Is Maybe corn the... clean now? Does is he, is he free yeah. of the Phyrexian oil? Yep. Vendor uh, yes. Spark cured him. Okay. So I was just thinking, like, you know, you brought up a good point. If one of every color, and Ugin for colorless mana to finally seal them all to be able to bring one. You got Soren, who's most likely going to be black. Then you can find the the Gideon who wants to fight the Eldrazi. You give Nissa Green a chance to redeem herself. Mm-hmm. Koth, because he's able to help shape the Earth. And then Tamio for Blue, who's, you know, studied the moon to maybe learn how to trap things. Yeah, see, I kind of wanted to give the red to Chandra to give her a chance to redeem herself from her. Oh, we don't like Chandra. We like Koth. But, we like but, Koth. But let, let, <laughs> hey, now look. <laughs> Hey, we, didn't, we, didn't, br- we didn't bring what? we didn't we didn't bring Jace in for blue. We're not bringing because to redeem himself. Well, first Chandra, of all, she, and Chandra doesn't care about redeeming herself. Look, She's first like, of all, hey. what's this wee crap? And second of all, you never let me finish, which was I want to give Chandra that chance, but I don't think she cares. She doesn't. Uh, Back to Sarkin is also a red planeswalker who might. We could just be like Sarkin Tezzeret, you know, but, just build that. Doesn't involve, that doesn't involve cough. Yeah, I'm all, like, all for Koth here. And then Ugin is Captain Planet. He's the hero. The, the, power, <laughs> the power is yours. Yeah, the power combined. <laughs> well, that or maybe, you know, they help, you know, help create a spell where Ugin is able to channel his colorless fire mixed with all their colored mana to actually not even seal the Eldrazi, but actually destroy them. Hey, what if, what if instead we get together a team of dead planeswalkers? So we've got Elspeth, we've got Ugin. Uh, let's get Venser in there. He's dead too. He's dead too. Uh, Soren, Soren is technically dead. I mean, uh, vampires aren't, un- <laughs> they're not undead in the, the, ver- Innistrad's version of vampires aren't undead. Okay. Well, why aren't we getting like Urza and Leshrac and all them too? Yeah, why not? Sat- yeah, let's just get them all if we're getting the, the undead party together. Maybe oh, yeah. throwing to, you got to fairy, you got Jessica. Commodore Guff. Yeah. <laughs> Commodore Guff, I love that guy. Commodore Guff could fix it. I would argue Commodore Guff was the strongest planeswalker ever existed. Anyway. Alright, well. For my wild speculation. On that bombshell. Uh, any, anybody else have any, look, we turned into Paradox cast here at the end. Uh, less than flavor cast, but it, look, I, I think it's an exciting time, and I, I want, I wanted players to be aware of all of this storyline nonsense, so that as we go forward into whatever happens in Dragons of Tarkir, uh, we could all be, uh, amazed at either what a great job Wizards did, or what a terrible job Wizards did, uh, you know, what wouldn't be a, a terrible thing for Wizards to do? Is I know they have blocks that need to fit with themselves, and there are going to be two sets to help you know give you a nice confined story, a nice confined block. Right. I don't I don't see why they can't carry the same story, not like not just the way they kind of do now, but like directly carry the story for three, four sets. I mean, people will get people really invested, really into the new set story wise, or like that, where you don't have to like make it all the cards have to fit together. But the mm-hmm. story kind of flows together because right now it doesn't really do that. I mean, it's very vague that it does, and like everything ties together in its own way. But instead of just going, oh, these things kind of fit together over time, but like actually force, you know, make that story very fluid for like three sets, like a trilogy kind of wise. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be a good idea. I, but then again, I think I'm more into the flavor of some things than most players. So, 
Yeah, I mean, they have, they, they don't even have to do it one right after the other, even if they alternated, um, like they've, like they've done in the past. The problem is, alternating with the way it used to do, with, with the way it used to be, that means it would be two years before you came back and picked up on what was happening in that other story where you left off. Yeah. Now, with two, blocks, the- now with two blocks every year, you get a refresh at yeah. least once a year, even if you alternate. All right. Well, um, I think that might be enough bolus nonsense for one podcast. What do you think? I was, why was Sarkin named Sarkin if that name is insulting on his own plane? Uh, well, the question is, when was he named Sarkin? He said that. someone gave it to him as a nickname because of his arrogance. Yeah, well, but I was think it... that was a lie to not get killed. Yeah, that's that's quite probable. Uh, and but and uh, what's his have, name? Have, the orc. Have you met people who name their children? Yeah, but I mean, if, I mean, if it's considered insulting no. on cons, like yeah, he he grew up he grew up in the Mardu clans. Of yeah, course, and they get an insulting name from his squad buddies. My my friend worked customer service at a Best Buy, and he helped a lady whose name was La Dynasty. When you spell that out, that is Lady Nasty. <laughs> that was All real. Right. He showed me the picture of her ID. <laughs> that was. I just watched on a TV show some woman who was uh, talking about her kids. She named her kids Cosmo and Pirate. Those are their real names. Okay, Co- Cosmo, I can kind of see. But Kramer, I get that. Seinfeld, yeah. <laughs> but, but pirate? Pirate? I don't get pirate. So I'm just saying, let's not put people's names out there. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's questionable. Some, I'm sure there's some other Mardu goon out there whose nickname is Fat Boy. No one remembers his real name. They just all call him Fat Boy. That's his name now. You know, it's like that. All right, so All I, right. I think I think we've <laughs> we've ground to a halt here, uh, but still, I, I think that this was lots of fun. I I really enjoyed this. I didn't realize we were going to get quite so. Man, we had to jump around a lot for for Nicol Bolas. Yeah, yeah. Oh. he's he's got he's got a lot of wibbly wobbly timey wimey in him. He does, he does. We'll try and do something a little less complicated next time we get the band back together for some flavor. One thing I want to see, though, I want to see Soren take on Nicobolus. Uh, do you really want to see Soren die? I don't think oh. Soren would die. What makes you think Soren's going to die? I don't think Soren's power level comes even close to Nicobolus's. Yeah, mm. he doesn't have the friends, or the, not friends, but connections. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's like wanting to see a VW Beetle run into a semi-truck. No, no, no. Of all, there's very few cards... Like, if they, the cards are actually printed power-wise, they can actually kill, pl- like, Planeswalker. Planeswalker's killing Planeswalkers. Nicobolus, or, Soren is one. Soren's so card is, can, so can Nicobolus. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Both of them have that power level. And Soren is clearly an extremely powerful Planeswalker to, for all the stuff he did on Innistrad. Yeah, but he did that before the mending. Right. I understand that, but that's where most, a lot of Nicobolus' power is pre-mending as well. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the, the stuff he's what been What power able to does he really have? Post-mending. You never see him really do anything besides lose to a Johnny post-mending. That's the only time he's been in action doing anything and he lost. Maybe he stays behind the scenes because he's not as powerful as he thinks, as he used to be. And that's why he needs it back is because he is beatable. I like it. Huh. I like what Rich is spitting out right now. Because, I mean, seriously, from what we discover, what has he really done himself besides lose to a Johnny? Uh, he beat Leshrac, but that was with, um, a fancy mask. That was post-mending? Oh, no, that was pre-mending, you're right. That was... <laughs> so he has... The one thing, the, so his win record post-mending is 0-1. Is oh Yeah, he's 0-1. 
Because so, honestly, not a, not a single plan he's had has actually come to fruition yet. Well, that we can tell. Exactly. Yeah. He sits there in his meditation realm. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, like, um, Sarkin and Tezrit are scared of him, but I don't think they're the same power level as Sorin. Plus, you know, they have an ob- a fear of him. They don't actually, because they think of what he can do. They might not know how weak he is. Just saying, that's a possibility. And I, I think Sorin could win. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Stand that by. was... That that was an exciting exciting uh, uh, walk down Bolus's memory lane, I suppose, uh, whose memory may be changing. God only knows. Uh, so I want to thank both of our guests for coming on. Uh, do either of you possibly have other shows you might be on that you might want to plug at this time? Uh, let's say CJ. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe JudgeCast. Oh, really? Tell us about that. Oh, it's a show by judges for judges. That was well, the original idea, that's, but honestly. That's selling it short. It's for yeah. just judges. Honestly, anyone who, uh, interested in the rules, uh, policy, all that kind of stuff, judge cast. Yeah, you basically just judge cast. Judge cast the email, yeah. judge cast the website. Next to Monday Night Magic, uh, whenever the show numbers come out, it's always us and you. Yeah. Up there. But, and I don't like it. I want to be on top. Well, second top. I can't beat Monday Night Magic. No one can. Well, uh, limited resources might be able to. Well, they're not on MTG Cast. No, no, but I'm just saying, as far yes, as they beat, yes, yeah, they we, 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 we can't top them. I mean, now, now that now they've got LSV on there, our channel Fireball what? sponsorship just fell through. What are we supposed to do? We can't top that. Eh. Anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, and our uh, rule shows are better than their rule shows. How about that? Well, now that's true. I can't top limited resources, but I can top Judge Joe Bodo. <laughs> Them is fighting words. Fighting words. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, CJ. Uh, no problem. How about, how about you, Mike? Uh, it is possible that I may be on the mana pool every week for the last seven years. Actually, it's very probable. It's it's a fact. Um, <laughs> we are. Yeah. <laughs> we what are. Is, what, uh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. What? I was interrupting you, Ashintos. Go ahead. Oh, I, I think you were about to ask the question that I was about to answer. Um, the Mana Pool is a, a very long-running, um, casual-focused podcast, and not necessarily about casual playing specifically, but just about the love of the game in general. Um, all of us, even though we don't get half as many chances to play as we used to as before, we're still we're still pretty well entrenched uh, in our love of the game, and we still enjoy talking about it and thinking about it and entertaining people. Um, it's grown into something very, very special and rather silly over the years, and, and we love it. And All of those things are true, and I have to say <laughs> that uh, I I really enjoy one, one of your your constant uh, running. Let's call it bits. Is mm-hmm. of course the uh, the magic Mad Libs. <laughs> yes. I abs. You you guys should have more Mad Libs. <laughs> I think it's a lot of work for Brian to do. It, it is. is. It's a lot of work, but he does enjoy doing it. Um, it is. Maybe if he didn't put so many blanks in his story, it wouldn't be as much work for yeah, him. Yeah, what if, what if we could just get him to throttle back? <laughs> just a tiny bit. I mean, just for, I mean, for Mana, the Mana Pool, I've been listening to it for a long time on and off, but that's probably one of the second best magic podcasts out there. And that is, of course, pretty good at first, but it is two hours, which is great because I fill that time up at work and it's, 
it's always funny. My, I think my, one of my favorites is when you guys are trying to like put like shows or movie characters into cards and colors and things. I love that. I love when you guys do that. Those, those are interesting. I like discussions like that. All right. Well, Marty McFly was a character. He'd be blue and he would do this. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Actually, it's, it's been a lot more convenient for us to talk about Cons of Tarkir and Fate Reforged as 1985 and 1955, just to keep everything straight. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. Great to have you on. Yeah, man. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, if you out there want to give us feedback, there are ways to do that. You can, of course, contact us on the Twitters. We are at CardAdvantage. You can find us on the emails. We are mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. And, of course, we have our own website at cardadvantagecast.com. But you can also find us every time we're posted over on the MTG Cast Network. If you wish to reach me personally, the best way is always Twitter. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I am at Soren Fanboy XOXO Winky Face, <laughs> <laughs> which uh. which is spelled Mind Mage and is also in the show notes. <laughs> oh boy! All right, well, thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. I like the winky face. Yeah. The winky face is good. That was nice. There's your stinger clues. Yeah, I was going to say, now Now we need something funny to put after it, and the winky face, I, I think that's it.